Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Keep locked by the left guard, Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie. Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom Ackerman. Tom Ackerman up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that, that set him free. It's a first down. It is time indeed for some NFL action. Week 5 is upon us. I am Tom Ackerman, not the former lineman of the Tennessee Titans and uh, New Orleans Saints. And spent a little time there. Tom Ackerman of Eastern Washington. I need to get him on the garage happy hour. Would that be weird? Tom Ackerman with Tom Ackerman. Yeah, we actually don't know each other, but those clips are from a game we had on Monday Night Football years ago with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Marv Albert with the call there. And... Uh, Bonnie Bernstein on the sideline chiming in. Anyway, uh, the NFL is upon us, and we do have a huge game tonight in the Chiefs and the Bills. Lauren Lovett and I are going to have our picks coming up here after the break. It is going to be a big game tonight at Arrowhead Stadium. We have all of it for you here on KMOX. The Chiefs, with all kinds of firepower, showed up last week, got a big win. Uh, They had to have it, and they went into Philadelphia and uh, got them good. And now we'll see what happens the next time around. I mean, I think that, you know, the Buffalo Bills are the hottest team in football right now, I would say. I mean, Arizona, I know, is 4-0, and but Buffalo looks really, really tough. Uh, they're going to come in tonight and uh, give the Chiefs all they can handle. They're 3-1 and on the season. They recorded a shutout last week, 40 to nothing over the Houston Texans, rolled up 450 yards on Houston and allowed only 109. And that is just complete balance on both sides of the ball for a good Bills team. The Chiefs, meanwhile, as I mentioned, went into Philadelphia and put 471 on them. They won that game 42-30, to but they gave up 461 yards. And I think that's a fair question to wonder if the Chiefs can keep this game a little lower scoring and not let the Bills run away with it. The Bills... Uh, quarterback Josh Allen is a very special talent. So we'll see where this comes out tonight at Arrowhead. And if you're on your way over there, have fun. I mean, probably a lot of you are almost there because as you know, for a 720 game, you got to do it right. You got to make a a stop at at the store, get all your tailgate goods, and then you set up shop in Arrowhead uh, in the parking lot for the best tailgate scene in all of the NFL. I would say that they are number one when it comes to tailgating. But my favorite stadium in the NFL 
is Lambeau Field. That is a, an absolute must for any sports fan is to see a game at Lambeau. That should be number one on your list with all respect. Number two is Arrowhead. And then for me, everything else kind of falls back into whatever you whatever you like the most. I mean, if you if you enjoy great fan bases who flat get after it, they don't have the best team right now, but a fan base that just understands the game is the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base. And a game at Pittsburgh is very special. There are a lot of great ones. I mean, Seattle, if you like the noise, they're good up there. If you like the NFL, though, I mean, those are two within driving distance. Green Bay and Kansas City, you got it good. It doesn't get any better than that. Those are the two best in the NFL. You can come at me with any others. That's fine. But those are the two best in the NFL, period. Would the NFL ever make its way back to St. Louis? That has been an interesting thing that's starting to get tossed around a little bit, I see on social media. And now Mike Florio has started to get involved with it. Uh, on his pro football talk site, uh, which is you know affiliated with, uh, he's on NBC and, and all those kinds of things. But he's been uh, talking about it as well, that maybe during all of this, uh, is there a possibility that during what could be a very interesting settlement, could St. Louis emerge with an expansion team? And as you know, the owners in the NFL are very resistant to opening up their books, financial records, and they certainly don't want to be put on trial and and have that possible embarrassment facing them. And Florio writes, although Rams owner Stan Kroenke has agreed to indemnify the rest of the league for whatever the verdict may be, and although the lawyers have told other owners that the indemnity commitment is ironclad, there's a concern that the eventual judgment in the case could be big enough to get Kroenke to try to not honor it. Thus, he writes, and if and when other owners are looking at the possibility of paying for all or part of the compensatory damages and possibly punitive damages awarded to the St. Louis plaintiffs, a new team for St. Louis could be dangled as a way to wrap up the case. That doesn't mean it will be, but there's an acknowledgement in league circles, Florio writes, of the possibility that giving St. Louis a new team could help resolve the case. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? I mean, look, here's the thing. Billion-plus dollars, however much money is coming St. Louis's way, fans aren't going to see that in their pockets necessarily. It could be great for improvements around the city, but what fans would know is that they have a team to root for again. I'll be honest, though. There are a lot of people in St. Louis that every time I bring something like that up, and I joke around, you know, the St. Louis Chargers have a nice ring to it. You should just move them here. Some people are just done with the NFL around here. But I, I look, it makes your city that much better and vibrant and lively and when you have and, and boosts our ego when you have an NFL team. So I think it's very interesting and something absolutely to watch. And we're not even close to this being over. The trial's set for January, but uh, we got a long way to go in this. So I think every day it's absolutely worth watching. We'll take a quick timeout, come back with our NFL picks right after this on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
We are back, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Week five of the NFL season, time to make our picks. We pick them straight up, no spread, just picking teams. And joining us, as always, is Lauren Lovett. Lauren, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am excellent, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. I was going through our numbers over the last four weeks. And uh, look, you've had winning records the last three weeks. The first week I got you. Uh, I went nine and six. You went six and nine. Second week, nine and six to your eight and seven. Uh, not bad. Third mm-hmm. week, we tied. We both went 11 and four. But last right. week, you had a winning record. You were <laughs> nine and six. You were great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, and you went 12 and three. <laughs> unfortunately for you, I went 12 and three. So uh, we're, we're seven games apart here as we get yep. going week five. I'm 41 and 19 overall. You're 34 and 26. You have plenty of time to catch me, both with winning records, picking teams straight up. Are you ready for week five? I am ready. Let's go. We had a Thursday night game. The Rams beat Seattle 26-17, and there actually is a game underway that is going to wrap up here pretty soon in the second half, Atlanta and the Jets. In the meantime, let's talk about what's happening today at noon. So let's start with Green Bay at Cincinnati. Good game here. A pair of three and one teams. I'll go first mm-hmm. again, Lauren, if that's fair. Uh, a new sure. kickoff for the Packers at Cincinnati. Boy, I'm going to say I really like the vibe Green Bay's given off here. And as good as Cincinnati is, and I think they are, I think the Packers go in there and win today. I've got the Packers beating the Bengals. What do you think? I agree. Yeah, I think the Packers' defense is starting to play a lot better after the week one catastrophe. They've looked consistent. They look great, exactly how you want them to look. The Bengals have been fortunate against an easier starting schedule, but we'll see how they stack up against a tougher team today. The Bengals have had, I think, two games at home, and they've got some extra rest coming out that Thursday night game, but I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will still get it done today. Detroit at Minnesota. Vikings looked good a couple of weeks ago. Last week, Browns got them, but Detroit's 0-4, and I just don't see it. Lauren, I got the Vikings over the Lions. Um, I'm also taking the Vikings. The Lions haven't had a win yet. I actually don't think they're a terrible team. Um, A lot of injuries keep coming up for Detroit, especially in their O-line, but Jared Goff is good. Um, I don't really think they seem like an 0-4 team, but that being said, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Kirk Cousins against this past defense shouldn't have much resistance. Um, Minnesota's offense should put up some points today. I'm going with the Vikings. Denver at Pittsburgh. I'm just not a believer in the Steelers right now. Their offense looks slow. I mean, they're not going to bench Ben Roethlisberger, but they just don't look good. I think Denver's pretty solid and a solid secondary, and I got the Broncos going into Pittsburgh and winning today, Lauren. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Steelers today. I was on the fence the last minute when Teddy Bridgewater came back when they said he's going to play. I wanted to go with them, but I really think this is the Steelers game to win today. They haven't been great on offense, but uh, the Broncos still don't have Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy's still out. I just think that that the Steelers are going to come up with a win today. Miami at Tampa Bay. Tom Brady took a loss to the Rams, uh, beat the Patriots. Now you have mm-hmm. the Dolphins visiting Tampa Bay. I love, love the Bucks in this game at noon today, Lauren. Oh, I'm with you. I love the Bucs. Um, the Dolphins have one of the worst point differentials in the league. They're minus 47 and have a lot of points to convert 54 of their third downs. Um, the Buccaneers' pass defense is struggling. I thought Brady was going to destroy the Patriots um, last week, but it was quite match the entire game. I think weather was a factor. I think that pass to Antonio Brown was perfect. If that hadn't been dropped, they would have had another seven added on the board. But um, regardless, the Bucks are going to come up with a win today. Interesting game here. So you have Washington at New Washington at home, I should say, against New Orleans. Yep. Both teams are two and two. I'm still not sure 
what to make of either team. They're both kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an enigma, I'd say. I- I'm going to yeah. go with New Orleans on the road here. A noon game, Saints on the road at Washington. Lauren? Yeah, I I think that Washington struggled at the beginning last week, but Heineke played well. The Washington secondary is still suspect. They barely pulled off a victory in Atlanta. The Saints are 10 points late in the game, but their defense was handled by Daniel Jones and the Giants. The Saints are consistently inconsistent, like you said, so I'm not sure what to make of them, but I don't know. I think that Kamara is going to be able to do some damage against Washington's defense today. I also think the uh, Ryan Vermillion <laughs> DEA-rated Washington facility could be a bit of a distraction for them. I don't know if they maybe got the attention they needed this week. So I'm going to go with the Saints today. The Eagles are visiting the Carolina Panthers, and this Philadelphia defense has given up a lot of yards, and I think this could be a good day for Carolina. I'm going to go with Carolina at home, although I think it'll be a closer game than people think. I think Carolina wins. Um, I agree. I'm going with the Panthers today. Philly's defense is very questionable. Their offense looked decent a few of these last weeks. Jalen Hurts is improving. He actually had his career high of 387 passing yards last week against the Chiefs, but he also had several really bad passes, a lot of penalties. Donald looked great last week. Um, he's run the ball a ton. He has five running touchdowns. Um, he just has to protect the ball maybe a little bit better. But um, I think that – I don't know if Christian McCaffrey's playing today. I know he was at practice on Thursday. He should play today. But uh, regardless, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Can't see the Titans losing back-to-back games after losing at the Jets last week, and it's been a rough season for Jacksonville. I've got Tennessee mm-hmm. over the Jags, Lauren. Yeah, that's the safe bet. I think fade to Urban Meyer. I think the <laughs> Jags are not obviously his priority, priority focus right now. Um, I do think Jacksonville will probably win at some point, but probably not today. Uh, I think Henry will run all over them and get the Titans back on track after their loss to the Jets last week. Your New England Patriots at Houston I just don't know enough about Houston to figure that they're going to beat this team. I thought the Patriots were pretty good last week against Tom Brady and the Bucks, and I'm going Patriots on the road. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with my Patriots today, too. I'm sad. I want to just talk about Stephen Gilmore leaving, um, but uh, I guess they got a 2023 six-round pick by trading him over. But uh, I understand the business is enough, but I will miss seeing him out there. Um, Mac Jones looked excellent last week. He moved the ball really well. He was 31 of 40, 275 uh, yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Um, I was impressed with the performance by the Patriots last week, especially with their really bad, banged-up kind of O-line. Um, I do have to say, did you watch that game last week? Yeah. Did you happen to see any of those those Steve Belichick facial expressions? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a big distraction for me. Uh, but I think, you know, Davis Mills is the lowest quarter, uh, lowest grade quarterback in the league, and their offense can't seem to get anything going. The Patriots will be victorious today. Bears at the Raiders. I got to go Raiders at home against Chicago. I, I think that Justin Fields, it's still a work in progress, and it's not just him. It's uh, the people in front of him blocking for him. I, I just don't see it all there yet. Las Vegas at home over the Bears, Lauren. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Fields played well last week. He certainly showed what kind of player he can be. Um, I think that the fact that Bill Lazor was calling the plays and not Magnetti was maybe a helpful difference there. But I think the Bears are going to miss David Montgomery this week. Fields is going to have to throw more. The Raiders still have a few challenges, but I think they'll get back on track after losing to the Chargers. I think that the Bears' offensive line is going to have issues with the Raiders' front, taking the Raiders today. And I'm going to hop on that Chargers train for the next game. Chargers mm-hmm. at home against the Browns. Like the Chargers here, although Cleveland's a really good team. I just uh, want to see the Chargers prove me wrong there. Yeah, I agree. I, this is a tough one for me, too. Both are 3-1. and one. Cleveland's defense dominated against Minnesota last week, but L.A.'s defense has also been superior. 
I see Savansky using Chubb and Hunt heavy this week. Um, and I, right. I think the advantage they have is Justin Herbert. He's been playing so well, throwing seven TDs. He's had no interceptions in the last two games. Um, I expect the Chargers to get the win today. Giants at Dallas. You and I are in agreement on a lot of these. I think we will be again I here. I got Dallas at home against the Giants. Absolutely. Uh, the Cowboys have one of the best, if not the best, offense in the NFL. Uh, Trayvon Diggs came up with those two big interceptions last week. He's an amazing corner. The Cowboys ran the ball so well. Zeke and Pollard look great. Dak had a ton of rushing yards. Um, the Giants had a great game last week. Daniel Jones was super impressive. They moved the ball to Saquon Barkley, but I don't think they can stand up to the Cowboys team. They're gonna, I think the Cowboys will get the win today. The last time the Cardinals were 5-0? and was in St. Louis in 1974. Oh, the St. Louis Cardinals. we got a lot of fans listening to us right now. Arizona hosting San Francisco. They're 4-0. I think they go to 5-0. I just see a team that is blossoming right before our eyes, Lauren. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Kyler Murray is playing MVP football. They looked fantastic last week. Um, they pummeled the Rams. They could not stop the Cardinals' offense. Um, the 49ers looked good in the beginning last week. They lost Jimmy G to, you know, that injury early on. Trey Lance came in and looked okay. Their special teams looked terrible. I think this should be a solid, pretty easy win for Murray and the Cardinals today. So we're in agreement a lot here. What about Buffalo mm-hmm. and Kansas City? The Sunday night game on KMOX, the Kansas City Chiefs against a very good Buffalo Bills team. But there's something about Sunday night. Arrowhead Stadium, the noise level, the craziness, Kansas City trying to avoid going two and three, and I think they will. I think the Chiefs win at home tonight. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Bills. I mean, this is a huge game. Mahomes was on fire last week. Um, other than that one interception he threw, it was touchdowns all afternoon. I don't think they punted once. Tyreek Hill was obviously a huge standout. Um I just I just though with I just feel like it's the Chiefs defense I just can't get behind. I think, you know, I think if Josh Allen doesn't commit any crucial turnovers in this game, I think the Bills win an upset in Kansas City. I'm gonna take the Bills today. Monday night football, the Colts at the Ravens, and I have picked the Colts a lot, I feel like, this season, but I don't see it you here. Have. Yeah, I have. No. Uh, they rewarded me last week, but I don't see it here. I think the Ravens get the win. Uh, at home against the Indianapolis Colts. It's still got to be strange for Baltimore fans to see the Colts come to town. But anyway, uh, the Colts lose this game at the Ravens, Lauren. I agree with you again. Yeah, the Colts defense definitely played better last week. Wentz took care of the football. Jonathan Taylor had a great game. I think the Ravens will play well on defense like they did against the Broncos, and I just don't think the Colts will be able to handle Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens will get the win at home today. All right, so we'll see how we do going head-to-head. And what about a fantasy tip of the week, Lauren? What do you have? You know, the only concern is this Cowboys defense, but I think I think that I'm going to say I like Kenny Galladay today, and I'd say stack him with um, Daniel Jones. I think – he played really well last week. He pulled in six catches for 116 yards. He's going to be relied upon heavily today because Shepard's out, Darius Slayton is out. Um, so he's going to have to throw the ball a ton today. I think those two will connect, and that's a bargain price. You can pick up Kenny for 6,200, Daryl Jones 7,400. Um, that's what I like. I think that this could be a good a good uh, stack today. How about that? Picking some uh, Giants right there as the yeah. Giants visit the Cowboys. Probably a good play on FanDuel for Lauren Lovett. Appreciate it as always, Lauren. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, Tom. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozalock, is next on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. 
Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 11.32, and we say good morning to Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosaloc. Always enjoy visiting with John and always makes it a point to be on the radio with us. And thank you for that, Mo. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning. Boy, I'll tell you, when like us over here at KMOX and a lot of people listening, when you eat, sleep, and breathe Cardinal baseball like we do day in and day out, it is an adjustment when you don't have a weekend without Cardinal baseball. But, you know, this baseball only comes down to one team eventually wins it. Everybody else takes your shot, and uh, you had a shot against the Dodgers, just didn't come through. How are you doing this weekend? Well, good. Um yeah, like any baseball season, when it comes to an end, you do a little bit of unpacking on, on what you can learn, lessons learned from the past season. But, you know, at this point, you're really flipping the script and moving uh, on to 2022. So um, that's really how I'll, I'll spend this week and probably the next. Um, and then, you know, really try to just position ourselves for by the time we get to November 1, be able to put sort of all like that admin stuff behind us and then focus on the free agent market trade market. And, you know, this year is slightly different than maybe most just with the um, labor agreement coming to um, an end at the end of November. So energy and focus might be split a little bit on, on some of those issues as well. But, you know, ultimately I'm, I'm hoping that um, given our early exit out of the postseason, I can sort of get uh, a lot of that admin out of the way, and then uh, really just sort of focus on 2022. Yeah, it's, it, totally understandable, and certainly there's a lot to unpack here as you get ready for 22, and then you see what you can do. Uh, but looking back at 2021, what a year. I mean, there were some downs, there were some incredibly high ups, and there was one baseball game Wednesday, John, where basically, to boil it down, you just couldn't get the big hit. I mean, that's really what it came down to. That was a battle. I mean, that's a classic game. You just came out on the wrong end but couldn't get that big hit. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, any time you're playing with just one opportunity, one game, meaning it really is a flip of a coin in baseball. I mean, on, on, on any given night, a team can beat someone, um, even a team that has – you know, over 100 losses still wins 60 somewhere along the way. And so when you're playing one game, you're, you know, you're hopefully you're matching up your strength versus their strength. And look, the Dodgers were a very good team. And, and uh, you know, we came into that probably the hottest team in baseball. We probably came in there with maybe some of the most confidence in the game. But, you know, ultimately confidence sort of breeds on itself and when when you start leaving runners on base and you you really just can't punch a a lead out there it's 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 frustrating so um you know i i think uh, a lot of pride in this year i mean i think everybody uh that was involved in this certainly had higher expectations in terms of what we did and and, and ultimately how the season unfolded but having said that we still had a shot and um i think almost all our players realize like, look, we're a pretty good club and, and we've got veteran leadership on this team, but we also have a, a lot of young players that are starting to emerge. So there's a lot to be excited about. Absolutely. It's a very good club, a team that will be remembered for winning 17 in a row, an incredible run 
to get yourself to that spot. I know you want to win that division, though, and you want to stay out of any uh, wild card situation if you can. You also want to stay healthy as best you can. And I think, you know, just to go back, I mean, it's, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but May 31st was a big day for you. I mean, Jack Flaherty going down really affected the course of this team, and there are no excuses being made by the Cardinals necessarily, uh, but, uh, and certainly, but without Flaherty, without Jordan Hicks, two big factors for you in 2021, weren't they? Yeah, I think you and I have discussed this before. I I, I go back even a little earlier when you lost Bader um, because we didn't have him in April. When we got him back towards the beginning of May, we started to play really good baseball. And um, I thought that sort of just sort of straightened out our our outfield. And and I think his presence in our lineup brings a lot of electricity. And so at that time, we also had uh, DeYoung on the IL. I mean, it was a combination of a lot of things, but no doubt when you when Jack comes out of that game the next day, Kim comes out of the game with lower back pain, and then Carlos doesn't get out of the first, fly back from L.A., and they get swept by the Reds for a four-game series, which is pretty unusual for us. And I just felt like that dark cloud kind of followed us for a while. But, look, we were able to shake it off. We were able to do some things with the roster players started picking up and and playing to their expectations. And, you know, obviously no one predicts you're going to win 17 in a row, but boy, that was fun. And uh, (laughs) um, it it did help get us to where we needed to, to try to get to. So it was, it was an important part of our season. And I feel like, you know, the one thing that we have to remember about this year is like when injuries happen, can you, can you augment that with your depth? And, you know, this year we were challenged a little bit from the pitching standpoint. And uh, hopefully when we go into camp this year, we have that extra depth and um, we'll be prepared for perhaps those, you know, ups and downs a little better. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you are set up for that. And you did mention the outfield. Boy, did it come through. I mean, Tyler O'Neill's a star. I don't know that I've seen a turnaround like that necessarily um, in, in a long time. I mean, Tyler O'Neill with a great turnaround. You mentioned Bader, Carlson and Wright, Lars Newtbar emerging as a terrific fourth outfielder, and you do have some more depth in the system. And, and then there was the shortstop position. Edmundo Sosa had a really nice year. I mean, that's a, a really nice addition to the mix. And you had seen him for a long time, too. I mean, this is someone who had been in the organization for a while, Mo. Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, actually homegrown, um, you know, signed in Latin America, worked his way up. He's someone that I, I think from an offensive standpoint, I don't know if there's a, a whole lot more there. Um, you know, he doesn't have like really that raw power that you see with someone like a Paul DeYoung, but, you know, he brings energy. He's a, he's a plus runner. And uh, when, when Paulie went down, he stepped in and, you know, that's where, you could argue that our depth was, was strong because I don't think we really missed a beat, um, plays it a little differently than, than how Paulie does, but net net, we still kept it going. And, um, you know, that was great to see, but I think like the, the test of time over 162 usually comes down to how well you pitch and do you have enough bullets in the arms to get through it? And, you know, this year, especially when you look back into April and May, I mean, think how many ball fours we were witnessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just put it, put so much stress on everyone. And, you know, I think ultimately what people realized is, and I say people are pitchers, is like let the ball be put in play because most likely someone's going to catch it. So use the defense, take advantage of that. Adam Wainwright, 
you know, speaks volumes for that because here's a guy that, you know, from just a pure stuff standpoint, you know, he's not hitting a hundred, but yet he's pitching deep into a game. And, and so that type of efficiency, that type of effectiveness is what we need the younger pitchers to aspire to. Really, to watch him and to follow his lead, you're absolutely right. And so nice to have him back and knowing that Yachty's going to be back and knowing those things now going into 2022, unlike last year, although I think people assumed they'd be back. They were still technically free agents. got to be nice. And it has to be nice to have Nolan Arenado publicly say, I'm back. You know, I'm not going to opt out. I'm coming back. To have a star like that, John, you made some big moves in the season. I mean, you brought in McFarlane and Luis Garcia and the front office did their homework. But there was no bigger move than Nolan Arenado in the offseason. It it changed the look of this team, and, and who knows for how long. He is he is something special. Well, I think it'll be for a long time, but you're right. He's a, he's an impact, middle-of-the-order type player and, and uh, you know, superstar. It's, uh, it's fun to watch, and, you know, I think he's – He's adjusting to us still, but I think he really likes being here. I think he loves the fact that that Bush Stadium gets crowds. He loves the fact that there's a lot of energy at the, this ballpark. And I think, you know, we're in a pandemic. So, like I told him, you know, it'll only get better. So, um, you know, buckle up. It'll be fun. I totally agree. Uh, just to, some final thoughts as you look ahead to, to 2022 and, you know, the way baseball is. I mean, is baseball healthy? This is going to be... Um, an interesting November, as you said, coming up. But um, the, just in general, your feelings on the game itself. Do you do you feel like it's in a good place? I, I seem to think that you know the pandemic challenged all sports, and you just did allude to that with your own crowds. They're going to get bigger um, as we start to come out of this. But um, you know, we look at the postseason now, and it seems like people are having fun with the game. It, baseball still has work to do to to continue to grow its game, but I feel like it's on the right path. Well, I think it definitely is on the right path. I mean, as you pointed out, everybody felt the pain of the pandemic in, in one way or another. I, you know, obviously, as you go into to a labor uh, negotiation, you don't want to have anything that, that resembles a work stoppage or anything along those lines because any momentum coming out of the pandemic is, is, is not something you want to give back because of uh, a labor dispute. So my fingers are crossed that cooler heads will prevail and, and we'll figure out a way to navigate this. And, and our off season will have some feeling of normalcy and, and ultimately uh, we'll be uh, reporting to Jupiter in four months. Well, as you continue this evaluation period of uh, Mike Schilt and the staff and the players and your own front office and everybody else, uh, we wish you the very best, and we always appreciate these visits and, and keeping in touch with you, and we certainly will on a weekly basis uh, based on your schedule if you're able to join us. We appreciate these updates. It gives us a nice overview of the club, and Cardinals fans eat it up, I can tell you that. So I know we have more to come, but I just want to say thank you from all Cardinals fans. No matter what was going on, if your team was in a slump like the June swoon or if your team was on an absolute tear like the historic September, you were always there for us. So thank you, John. You're welcome. Well, you have a great week. You too. John Mosaloc, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, with us on KMOX. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with a very special event coming to St. Louis. We're going to tell you all about it with a familiar name to KMOX Radio and all of the staff here. That's next 
on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I can still remember the day in September, 11 years ago. It wasn't even in this building. It was in our old building that I sat next to this guy as he made the official announcement that the Cardinals were returning to KMOX after a brief hiatus. Oh, I can't believe that was 11 years ago. How time flies, John Sheehan, former general manager, market manager here at KMOX. It is great to be chatting with you again, my friend. Tommy, always great to talk to you, man. And that is like... One of my favorite memories of my career. Uh, lots of uh, good good years after that, too. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. We just had John Mosellock, your friend, uh, on right before this, and it's fun to talk about uh, those times. I can't believe it's been 10 years since the World Championship. Yeah. It was kind of nice to win a World Championship yeah. in the first year back on the Mighty Mox. Uh, how about that? I mean, <laughs> pretty special. You know, we were that whole year, you know, better than anybody. It was kind of an up and down year, a little bit like this year, and then they went on that crazy run. Um, I think I went to like 50 games that year, including every home playoff game. I mean, what a what a great first year back on the Mighty Mox. Oh, so much fun and uh, your hard work, and we certainly appreciate those times, no doubt about yeah. it. As the Cardinals are back on KMOX and thriving, you really think about the generation of Cardinals fans or this era of Cardinals fans who have uh, lived, uh, you know, on the team through our airwaves. So we really appreciate that uh, since 2011. And it is great to have them back on the air as always. John, we have you on the air as the board president of the local Leukemia and Lymphoma Society chapter. And you have a big night coming up on Saturday, October 16th at Forest Park. It's light the night. And the big thing about it is it's live and in person this year, like some events are starting to become. It has to be a very special time for you as you have worked tirelessly uh, to fight blood cancer. Yeah, I've uh, been part of this board since around that same time, 2011. Um, a few years ago, it became a lot more personal. My Uncle Pat. Uh, who lives back in Ohio where I was born is, uh, you know, he, he passed from AML, um, you know, and I'd already been on the board and not really had a personal um, reason. Everybody eventually does, unfortunately. Blood cancer affects, you know, so many people directly or indirectly. And so about a year ago, they asked if I would serve as board chair. Coming out of the pandemic, it had been a struggle for really all nonprofits uh, to do what they uh, would normally do in person is so important in so many ways, um, and in particular with nonprofit work. So I said, of course I would. And then not long after, they sort of doubled down on me and asked if um, if I would chair Light the Night, which is their signature event, great event in Forest Park. And, I, and at that point, we had also received um, some news in our family that my wife, Rebecca's dad, had been diagnosed with AML. And this was about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, and so, you know, made all the sense in the world that, that I said to them, look, I would love to be the chair of this event, but only if my wife is my co-chair. So uh, Bex and I are 
thrilled to be uh, Light the Night chairs this year. The event's a week away, actually six days away. Great to have it in person again. That was really important for us. We were, you know, as much as it's great to have virtual events, I think there's nothing like in person. So we're excited to bring it back to Forest Park this year. It is a beautiful walk, a one-mile walk through Forest Park with white, red, and gold illuminated lanterns. So the white are for survivors, the red for yeah. supporters, and the gold in memory of the loved one, John. And that is a beautiful thing. Again, Saturday, October 16th at Forest Park. That has to just look amazing. What a visual. Yeah, and for those who haven't been there and, and are thinking about coming, I mean, the visual, if you can imagine, beautiful early October evening when the sun goes down, the the torches go up. And as you mentioned, like the the white ones um, would be for like Rebecca's dad, who's actually coming in town mm. uh, from the New York area, and he'll carry a white lantern as a survivor. Uh, Bex and I will both carry the red as supporters, and, and certainly if I were honoring just my Uncle Pat, I could carry uh, a gold lantern in honor of him. So as you can imagine, the sun goes down, these lanterns come up, there's emotion, there's just a lot of um, good feelings about all the money we're raising for blood cancer research, but then the, the togetherness and the unity of walking together, you know, short mile long walk through Forest Park on a Saturday night. Uh, it's a great event. We love folks to, you know, if they can't donate and they just like to be part of it, it's really special to have as many people out there as possible. Uh, we absolutely will support that. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is the largest funder of blood cancer research. Many uh, of this uh, research and, and funding goes to advanced treatments, cutting-edge treatments, uh, an amazing uh, group. It really is. We're talking about life-saving research and groundbreaking funding. Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, helps patients and their families every day. And that's the other thing, John, is that you're supporting families uh, who are uh, working with this every day as well. And uh, that's an important thing is just the support to know that people are there for them. Yeah, you have, um, on the one hand, as you mentioned, I mean, since its inception in 1949, LLS has invested over $1.3 billion into cancer research. So, and what that's led to is not just for blood cancers, but they've helped advance 85% of the blood cancer treatment options approved in the U.S. by the FDA since 2017. So it's like on the research side, just unbelievable. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, what they also offer is support. You know, the, those words that nobody wants to hear, you know, you have cancer, the, you just don't know what to do. And, and if it's a blood cancer, the first thing we hope people will do is reach out to LLS because we, you know, we put them in touch with uh, support groups, individuals that can be peer supports, people that have been through it. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. We had, you may remember this, several years ago, um, a friend of mine, her daughter, who was a student at Mizzou at the time, was diagnosed. And, you know, I was her first call, and I reached out to LLS. They put her in touch with someone. She ended up not only recovering and, and surviving it, um, but ended up winning Woman of the Year for LLS, raising a ton of money. Worked at Siteman uh, after her Mizzou, uh, did her treatments at Siteman. She'd drive into Mizzou. I mean, all that started with the support of knowing, like, where you can go, talking to people who have been through it, uh, talking with people who, who know who to talk to when you're having certain issues. It's just an amazing organization. They really support not only on the research side, 
just on the personal and emotional side, too. We're talking to the board president of Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the local chapter, John Sheehan. How do people get in touch with LLS for this Saturday night event, Light the Night at Forest Park? Yeah, so the, the how to participate, um, lightthenight.org slash events slash St. Lewis. And if you just go to lightthenight.org, you can probably navigate it from there. I hate to give long uh, lines, but, you know, raising or donating $100, you get a T-shirt and a lantern. Um, I will also tell you that for those that maybe are immunocompromised and can't make it to the live event, uh, there is a virtual event on October 19th, um, which is great. So we're, we're offering, you know, that option as well for people that can't make it out Saturday. That's awesome. And I will tell you that according to our X forecast, sunny and 64, <laughs> the high on I Saturday. Mean, I, I, I will trust that forecast. Like, I hope that's exactly right. And I've been looking too. So thanks, man. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. John, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for the visit. All the best to you. Give Rebecca and those cute kids a hug from us. Will do, man. Thanks to all of our uh, friends and family at X and you especially today. Thanks, Thank Bobby. you, buddy. John Sheehan with us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Well, been a good show. His Kansas City Chiefs are uh, getting after it today at 7.20. That's our big event tonight. The Chiefs and the Bills from Arrowhead Stadium. We thank all of our guests and say so long from downtown St. Louis. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.